With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome to That's Good Sports. We have special guests today here to, well, he's just here to be a a good dude, but Mm. we're going to promote his podcast, Dave's of thunder beginning of the episode if you make it to the end of the episode then this is going to be even more meaningful to you but big guest coming up now all right welcome to the that's good sports podcast uh extravaganza we are here well, this won't be live. It's recorded, but now it's live. I'm Brandon Perna with Will Keys, and we have from the NFL Network, Dave Damashek. I said that correctly, right? Yeah, you said it correctly. Perna, Brandon. Cool. I, uh, I, <laughs> re- on this podcast, we, I am living proof that uh, you don't need to be able to read to be successful. And just by joining us, you sort of take an anti-literacy stance. So uh, I, I hope you're okay with that. Um, I'm anti-book learning from way back. Good. So yeah. <laughs> good. Well, uh, we wanted to have you on because the other day uh, we saw you tweet about Cam Newton. And right now, and today's, it's, it's kind of fitting because Andy Dalton, also a, a free agent now. And you've been predicting Dalton to the Patriots. And you said Cam Newton should sign with the Broncos. So we just wanted to get you uh, to elaborate about those two things. Do you still think Dalton will end up with the Patriots? And why on earth should the Broncos take Cam Newton when we have our man and Drew Locke? Well, first of all, let's deal with Dalton in a bit. It's not necessarily that I think that it – will happen but I think it would be the smart play for Belichick we'll dig in on that but uh specific to Cam I mean this this notion that it's funny on my show earlier this week we were talking about it and you know without any kind of irony about it or anything the voice of the Chargers Matt Money Smith said you know like I think I'd rather have Dalton you know if I were the Broncos because of accurate I said let's just take a step back and listen to what you're saying Cam Newton, you're talking about Andy over Superman? (laughs) How have we gotten to this place? And, yes, I'm aware of the injuries and everything, and none of us are are, uh, medical professionals. So it's all speculative. But I also – maybe I'm being a little uh, cavalier and uh, optimistic about um, 21st century medicine. But, you know, you guys remember when Peyton Manning was doomed. Like, wasn't that – you know, he can't hold the ball. It's over for that guy. And, um, and Indianapolis moved on from him. And then you guys were the beneficiaries of um, late stage uh, Peyton Manning in the NFL. And so why not Cam Newton at the age of 30 with his superhuman gifts and everything? Yes, predicated largely on his ability to run. But if, you, if he's right, with that gaggle of weapons now that uh, the, the Broncos have, I, I, I think, you know, Drew Locke, Looked very good. I think there's a lot of reason to to be cautiously excited about right. what he'll do in his sophomore year. But again, the potential that Cam Newton, who by the way came up lame against your guys in uh, in Super Bowl Fifty, um, but before that went fifteen and one, throwing yeah. the ball to Ted to Ted Ginn Jr. and Philly Brown. Like, what's what's the debate here? Like, what are, what are we talking about? Of course, you want number one if he's available to you. And anything close to to what he was before, you know, I mean, even before he started to get sideways injuries wise in 2018, he was having a great year. That wasn't that long ago. I mean, listen, we, I benefited the doubt if Peyton can do it. I, I, I think uh, Cam would be a great fit with those big 
talented pass catchers. Yeah, he's a little, he's not as accurate, as lethally accurate as Peyton or Brady or Breeze, but, um, you know, the, the offset to that is, is big wide receivers, and now you guys have them in spades. Yeah, and we've kind of, you know, since, since Manning left, we've, we've kind of grown accustomed to inaccuracy or guys holding on to the ball a little too long. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I would be 100% on the Cam Newton to the Broncos train uh, because I still think he's really good. I think he's going to bounce back from his injuries. He's had a lot of time to heal. Um, and I find it kind of baffling that a team hasn't just taken a chance and signed him already. Even, even despite the fact that they can't really, you know, get their, their doctors to evaluate him or, you know, whatever the, the holdup is right now. Uh, I think he's really undervalued and it's, it's kind of crazy how quickly that can change and bringing up Manning is yet yeah, Manning had what three or four neck surgeries. <laughs> that seems like, and he was old. So yeah, I think there's a, a much bigger upside for Cam. Well, it, you know, I, I guess just to play devil's uh, advocate to myself here, um, <laughs> the, I, you know, it's, it's like the Frank Gore thing. Um, in, in, in this end, Peyton, is akin to Frank Gore in the sense that Frank Gore was never fast. So he could hang in into his mid thirties because speed was never his virtue. So there was nothing lost from that. Whereas if you're Chris Johnson, CJ 2K and you start to slow down, well then you're a a less effective um, runner. You're a diminished version of yourself and that, and that hurts you. So I get that Cam Newton is predicated largely on athleticism and if he is a diminished athlete then then maybe he goes down a little bit in that regard but um but yeah I mean listen yeah I I I guess it does like you said it it comes down to in this weirdo all-time yeah 20 spring that we've had people just can't properly check out can't you know have their doctors look at him and see what he looks like and and test him to their liking before they devote you know I don't know 20 million dollars or whatever it is to him I get it. But I also think that like, you know, listen, if, if let's say Roethlisberger goes out and it's like, yeah, the elbow just ain't right. We don't, then that would be a natural place where he could still, and there are going to be some weird things that happen. And maybe Cam at this point has no incentive until some of those dominoes start to fall to, to, to make a move. And it's, it's weird too, because you like to talk about this, but this is one of the first times that we've achieved, you know, as you call it, full quarterback saturation yeah and it's strange to get to Dalton too that now the only team without a really like viable option and people have been talking up Jared Stidham and and, you know I don't know about that but that brings up kind of the one spot left where you can be like all right there's really a total quarterback void now Andy Dalton's on the market you've been calling it for for months really I I think back into the regular season regular season but do you want to uh, officially take your uh, victory lap a little early? What do you think? Well, with QB, yes. Where, where QB saturation is concerned, right. A half decade ago, I lamented that in a world of 7 billion people, we couldn't find 32 <laughs> guys to, to play uh, effectively, play NFL QB. And here we are. Coincidentally, did the football gods hear me? I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not a, a wizard in the metaphysical way. Um, but for one reason or another, yes. I mean, if, I mean, who, who stands at this point as the worst starting quarterback in the league? I mean, guys who you might have questions about, like guys who you haven't seen enough of, I guess, right. uh, Drew Locke or, or Jared Stidham or, or otherwise. I mean, that's, a, the, then we're in pretty good shape in pro football with the, with the QB options out there. And by the way, there are more on the way next year. And um, spoiler alert, they're going to be more on the way the year after that because of the, the nature of college football. And forget just college football, but high school offenses now. These guys throw it around much more. This nonsense that you hear every spring about like, well, now uh, uh, Justin Herbert's going to have the opportunity to sit and learn at the knee of Tyrod Taylor. Like, what are you guys paying attention? Like, if you get drafted in the first round – 
and I know Patrick Mahomes is a is a, a, a and Aaron Rodgers are two of the more successful guys who and, and they did sit for a while, but the vast majority of guys, you go in the first round, you play. That's a that that's the way it goes in the age of free agency. You don't just learn at the knee for four years and then play one year before free agency comes. So um long-winded answer. I think that, yeah, Cam to New England, the fit is there. But if I were Belichick, as Tom Brady ditches you and 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 Gronk and now, like, this, the, the narrative of, like, people, I guess it's not that Brady and Gronk wanted to retire. They just wanted away from Belichick. That's the, right. the emerging sort of thing is that Belichick's no fun. Um, and it is, it is a, a fascinating question from a fan's perspective, I think. And pa- Patriots fans have a chip on their shoulder, a lot of them. And so they, get, they, they think I'm tweaking them. But for real, do you want the, – the question is to me, if you're Andy Dalton – if Andy Dalton goes to the Patriots and he goes 12-4 and four or 13-3 and three this year, is that good? Are you happy if you're a Patriots fan about that? Because it kind of – the guy who you've – hung your hat on for the last 20 years, the hero of all heroes in Boston sports, with all due respect to Bill Russell or Larry Bird or Bobby Orr or anybody else, is Tom Brady. And now it's like it feels a little bit like that was circumstantial. And, if I mean, as I say, Nick Foles and Eli Manning and Joe Flacco did some damage to, to the legacy of Brady, but the most damaging – uh, thing to happen to him was 11 and five by Matt Castle. It's right. Like, like, hmm, yeah. and like Jimmy, Jimmy G won games and Jacoby Brissett won games. Like, is, is it definitely Brady or, or is, or can Belichick maybe do this with anybody? Did he just figure out some weird cheat code to football? And I'm not suggesting he cheats. Um, His cheat code is cheat. But, but yeah, smart. Yeah, somebody who fancies seeing uh, the the rare uh, tow truck getting towed by a tow truck. I love <laughs> yeah. I love that. That the, the cheat code being cheating is an interesting <laughs> bit of. But anyhow, um, well, yeah, if Belichick does that, then it's like it's like, hey, I root for the Patriots. I'm, I don't care about what Brady does anymore. It's like so. All right, fans. So is it is it really satisfying if if that's the way? If they're if the Patriots are thirteen and three at season's end this year, if it is it really like yay we coach good? Is that really as exciting as like right. being, being an Elway guy or something like that? Right. Well, I think like my mission with in my YouTube uh, channel started out you know promoting the Broncos, but it also evolved into tarnishing Tom Brady's legacy. <laughs> every chance I get. So I am rooting for Andy Dalton to the Patriots, Cam Newton to the Patriots, somebody to go in there and for Bill Belichick to succeed with. And it's, it's strange because to me, Tom Brady's never done anything like wrong publicly. And it, the longer he hangs around, it seems like the nicer type of guy he is. He hasn't had like that big controversy. And so as a good person, I should be rooting for that. But I find myself drawn to the evil side with Belichick, and I'm, I'm pushing that narrative now. And I think I'm learning more about myself as Tom Brady departs New England. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely rooting for the success of coaching and Belichick because that Tom Brady, my narrative. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Tom Brady as society's mirror. He really makes us think about who we are as people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think I've gone through those same waves of, uh, of you know, the morals and ethics of, of why my brain works the way it does. And I guess it does come down to some degree of, like, Tom Brady, as, as a Steelers fan, and watching, you know, being on the right side of the hammer and nail effect, this, this use, the cavalier use of the term rivalry, um, you know, it – when, when Steelers fans say, like, oh, the Patriots are a rival, like, not really. They, I'm embarrassed to say as anybody, but the Steelers were owned by Tom Brady for, you know, pretty much for the last two decades. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow. And then I, I come around, like, grudging respect because, you know, at least if it weren't for the Patriots, <clears throat> the 21st century Patriots, it is so hard to sustain any sort of a, a, of a dynasty – um, oh yeah. Parody. I think the worst thing that can happen to pro sports is parody. And I know the commissioners love it because 
means more people are engaged for longer. But um, it, you know, it, if, if, if every season turns into just like a coin flip, if every year another team's number comes up, it's not going to be very satisfying. So the Patriots have obscured what would be. Imagine if you pluck the Patriots out of it. Would there be a team that was like was head and shoulders above the rest of the league? Probably not. It would have been one year. Would have been, oh yeah, the Jags. Oh yeah, that was the year the Jags won. It would right. be very much like seventies NBA. It's like if you look at who wins. It's like what would, what rhyme or reason is it to anybody winning those titles? It's kind of unsatisfying. Um, it's good to have. Um, it's so it's good to have that yardstick, and that's what they've given us. But man, it all goes out the window. It all gets really weird, like you say. I don't want it to be Cam Newton. Because if Cam Newton goes there, it's like the reclamation project. Then you know, oh, he was oh, still yeah. good, and the Panthers screwed up. That's not as not as satisfying to freaking right. Patriots fans as as being able to say like Jared Stidham won thirteen games. <laughs> right? No, that's and, a really good point. <laughs> Andy won thirteen games. Like you know, like what you know that 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 will throw. Uh, our perception of reality yeah. out the window, you know? If, so, if, I, so I think that's the thing to root for. Especially because you could pair it, you know, Andy Dalton could, you know, he could go in there and feasibly win 12, 13 games. And Tom Brady could be a disaster in Tampa Bay. You merge those two things together, uh, it's chaos for Tom Brady's legacy. He may never recover. That's, that's the real thing. Like what it, it – it's kind of hard to conceive of Brady, Brady's savvy – enough to know like hey um i'm not gonna go to some bum situation right. i mean it was he knew that like he looked at the chargers because you the collection of pass catchers that were there that makes a lot of sense with that high-end defense same thing the underrated buccaneers defense plus the the weapons that he has and i yeah. suspect that he also probably <laughs> knew like yeah eh, if this works out gronk maybe we can figure out how to get you down here too um I don't think it's the situation is mediocre enough for him to for the season to be mediocre for the Bucks, but maybe you're right, man. Like, let's keep in mind too, for all the like the storylines about like 2019, what a bust for that Patriots team. Like, you know, they stopped Devontae Parker on that last uh, on that last drive. Fitz Magic and company, they stop them on that last drive. They're the they're the two seed, and if they're the two seed, we can make a pretty powerful case that the Ravens, at minimum, get to the top. I mean, they definitely would have beaten the Texans, the Ravens would have at home, as they whipped them earlier in the year. And then that means the survivor of Chiefs at Patriots go to what would have been a cold day in Baltimore for the title game. Like, the whole thing that but, – but point being, the Patriots were just about the two seed. In, in a season there, everybody's like, what a, what, a, what a mess the Patriots were. Like, yeah, huh. the, how bad were they? They yeah, were really. they, their they defense were a play was, away from right. They were great. one of their best defenses they've ever had. <laughs> it was like the whole narrative was about Brady not having enough weapons and the whole Antonio Brown disaster. So yeah, New England had a good team, uh, very good defense. Tampa Bay, you're right. I thought their defense was underrated and really started to kind of come together late in the season. But going back, just to one more idea for for Belichick, if he gets to the playoffs and the Texans are in the playoffs and he just one game uses Brian Hoyer to beat the Texans in the playoff and then gets to the Super Bowl with Stidham or Hoyer. That's really the, the cherry for his <laughs> overall legacy. Let's not sleep on that. Stidham, <laughs> we've, we've all decided that it's like, well, it's Stidham or whoever else they can grab out on the free market. Um, Belichick, I think it was just a week ago or maybe two weeks ago when he, in, in his, uh, in his dynamic way, said like, oh, you know, Brian's a guy who's a nice steady option for us. Nice, accurate. Pass. I mean, what if it's Brian Hoyer who does it? What if it's right. Brian Hoyer who does it? And I really think that if, like, if Belichick knows deep down, listen, Brian Hoyer is only capable best case of nine wins or Stidham is that then you go get Cam Newton but um if he really thinks that he can do it that's the ultimate stick in the eye of Brady isn't it is to be like look I did it with Brian Hoyer man. like if I I got I got if he I I got the double digits with Brian Hoyer with the same receivers that you bellyached about all last year (laughs) like you know so, so you know that would 
be the ultimate. If Belichick is, if, unless he knows, like deep down, I can't do. I, I, those guys just ain't good enough. But if he has some sense, that's the smartest play he can make because he has the out, by the way, of being like, well, I only had Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. What was I supposed to do? If he goes eight and eight, it's like, well, all right, what was I? I didn't have a quarterback. My RQB win, win. ditched us. But if he gets the double digits, he's, you know, then beyond a shadow of a doubt, it, it's, it makes clear that the last 20 years were owed to Belichick way more than it was to number 12. That's all we can hope for, really. I really should we talk um, about a certain celebrity that uh, yes. happened to be in a fantasy football league with? Um, so, Dave, the patron saint of this podcast is uh, a certain Don Draper, John Hamm, you know him. So, uh, we have to ask you, as someone who is uh, closer to John Hamm than anyone we've ever had on the show, um, we have to ask you so, how good is John Hamm at fantasy football? Oh, he knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he is not one of these um, people who you see who they cut to during the game and like, oh, look who it is. He's a grew up in that town and he's a big fan. Of what the, <laughs> like, look, I, you know he is because he's wearing their cap right now. So he's got to be a big fan. Ham, I met um, watching football a long time ago, as a matter of fact, and I had no idea who he was. And, um, you know, uh, Sal from his Fox Sports show and from the Kimmel show and everything. And um, Ham and I, because I, I just started talking to this guy in this ratty old uh, St. Louis blues ball cap and um, talk puck and otherwise. And, you know, he could really go deep on Bernie Federko and Harold <laughs> Snaps and uh, blues greats nice. and the check and the checker dome and, and uh, St. Louis blues lore big Cardinals fan and otherwise. And so I'm like to talk about sports. I'm a, I'm a nerd. So that's what, that was the, that's what we would, we would do. And we would watch football every week together. And it was a fairly large group. Um, and at some point Sal said, like, you know, who, who you talk to all the time about this stuff. He's like, he's, he's considered to be now like the most desirable man on TV. And I, <laughs> I didn't know by uh, ask any woman on, on the planet earth now. And this is like the, this is the gold standard. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that is because I am, I'm comfortable enough with my masculinity that I can, I, I I'm more than happy to acknowledge who's a handsome guy to me. Like for instance, right. Tom Brady and Cam Newton, those are two handsome guys. There are other people though, Drew other Locke. guys. Yep. I was like, yeah, I don't know about Drew Locke. Like I don't have an opinion on him. There are other ones. Like people will tell me like, who's a, who's a good one who fits that description. Like when people tell me the guy from Maroon 5, like people oh, are like, oh, he's, he's very handsome. Yeah, okay. you know what's like, weird really? about I didn't know that. I, I wouldn't – Ryan Gosling, really. I, I didn't know that he was uh, like – if I saw him walking down the street, I wouldn't identify that like, oh, yeah, he's – you know who else is another one? David Carr. Women think David Carr is one of the most handsome men on the planet. I'm like, I would never have known that if somebody didn't tell me that. And I've said that to David Carr's face. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not an offense. I just didn't know. I, I, there's some guys who I'm immune to their their physical appeal. Right. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo follows in there. Uh, you can identify. No, no, he, no. He's I, Jimmy G. I he's a, that's a great example. Women tell me like, "What are you crazy? Jimmy Garoppolo is more handsome than Tom Brady." I'm like, uh, "Okay, that's your opinion." I, I agree don't, with I don't women. <laughs> okay, I don't see that one. Like. Clooney? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that. But Ham is one of those guys who I don't see. Well, people are like, oh, my God, he's so he's so ham. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, so, anyhow, uh, we we started kibitzing, and then, uh, you know, we, we, or, and then I, and then Sal said, you got to watch this Mad Men, and then I, I got to learn it. Um, I got to understand what, uh, what Draper was all about. But, yes, he's a, you know, a mensch to beat the band, and, uh, but he, he sincerely does know his, um, his football. He knows his sports inside of me. He's a, he is a legit diehard um, cards guy, like I say, blues guy. And I'm pretty sure, I don't want to speak for him, I think he kind of sort of identifies as a Arizona Cardinals fan, but very casually. All right, know? that's, that's really sport. reassuring for the both of us because I kind of got the assumption now that since the Rams moved, 
he adopted the Kansas City Chiefs. And that would be too much for the too two much of us to, to handle. handle. It was so like you're talking about, you know, celebrities who get labeled to teams. Uh, Don Cheadle is claimed by Broncos fans as being uh, a Broncos fan because he, he lived in Denver. Uh, and then I heard him in an interview recently saying he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan because he also grew up in Kansas City. And that was that oh was a knife God. to the back. I stopped watching Black Monday immediately. I was like, I can't. I gotta. I gotta take a break from this for it's a over. while to let this set in. <laughs> that's that's junk. I don't like that. I don't like that stuff. I can say at least as uh, as um, somebody who hails from the banks of the Three Rivers, we do not offer up people casually like that to be no. the face. So Joe Manganello, I have spoken with him directly. He is a legit diehard where the Steelers are concerned. I've talked to. I've never, well, never talked to Michael Keaton, but he is, by all accounts, a legit black and gold guy. That's um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, the, if, if Pittsburgh's offering them up, then then um, and putting them in those seats with, for the cutaways in at Penguins playoff games or at uh, Steelers games, those people are for real. Yeah, and the Steelers don't really need any of those guys. Like they've been around long enough. They've got they've they've organically built, I think, a, a good amount of fans. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs needed it, but they have they, they have maybe one of the more impressive celebrity comedic group of fans too. It really, they makes, really do, right? It makes me jealous. It's strange. It's strange. Uh, I don't know if it's something about Missouri that breeds kind of like borderline B-list, A-list comedians. Uh, I'm thinking of like Eric Stone Street and then Paul Rudd, who has ascended to the A-list, but I don't, it is and very bizarre. Rudd falls in the handsome category, and don't even argue with me on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not we're not debating that. No, no, I mean, but what's yeah, and Dave Keckner and yeah. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of those guys. Um, and uh, Paul, what's interesting about Paul Rudd though, what he reveals is, um, as somebody who's older than you, uh, me, I'm talking about not Paul Rudd, <laughs> but Paul Rudd is also older than you. Mm -hmm. um, the the fascinating thing that I I wonder if if the youngs know about. Maybe you recall, actually, you might be too young to even remember the Celtics and Lakers in the 80s going head to head. And you kind of, in the 80s, you kind of like, I'm a Celtics guy or a Lakers guy. Even stronger than that was back in the, in the 70s. I was a, a, a wee lad, but I still remember, and, and people remind me of it almost literally to this day, people will come up to me and be like, yeah, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, but I was, a, I was a huge Steelers fan or I was a huge Cowboys fan. You had to choose because those two teams were the two teams of the 70s. And by the way, as a side note, I remember to show my age, I went to the divisional round game in uh, Three River Stadium where the Steelers beat the Broncos. Uh, oh, Craig, Craig Morton and company. The Broncos wore their orange pants that day. Um, <laughs> nice getup, but um, but yeah, they um, the uh, Paul Rudd was one of those people too. He's like, yeah, I grew up. I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm a diehard Steelers guy too. And I, I and for exactly oh. that reason, he's like, you had to choose. You either were Cowboys or Steelers. Um, in addition to your to your you know local rooting interest. And I, I was like, yeah, I just got a curiosity because like we're talking about, I like to see if they really care or if it's like, right. yeah, I kind of like it, but mm -hmm. I don't really know about it. Paul Rudd could name everybody. He knew, and, and, and like I literally am talking to him about, I'm like, who do you remember a mid-80s, six-foot-eight white wide receiver who wore number 87? And he was like, mm, are you talking about Ouija Thompson? And I'm like <laughs> – you're good, Paul Rudd. You're good. <laughs> and just then, just then, Franco Harris walked up, and Paul Rudd swooned in a way that you you wouldn't believe. He's like, "Oh my God, it's Franco Harris!" Oh, oh my God. Um, it was it was just great. And Paul Rudd, after after Franco left, um, ten minutes later, they 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 got on famously. He said, "I've been at the Oscars and been near Jack Nicholson and Glenn Close." And that's a funny out-of-body experience for somebody like me. But he said, but did you see how I turned 10 years old when Franco came up? He said, there's just nothing like that. It's a, that kind of stuff is the coolest. Um, and, yeah, Paul Rudd is. So he's, he's a bona fide, uh, legit uh, pro football guy. That's also reassuring. It reveals the, you know, society's hierarchy 
we figure out because to have to be someone who is swooned over by an A-list celebrity like Paul Rudd that you know how do you go any higher than that the president of the United States maybe yeah I think I I think it goes like there's a funny dynamic I think it goes like athletes want to be musicians musicians want to be actors and then actors want to be professional did I get that right well anyway there's uh there's something there it's a cycle yeah, it, it starts, I think, at the Pope, down to the President, down to Paul Rudd. I think that's, I think that's, <laughs> that's the, the ladder of society. Descendant. Yeah, um, that's what I learned in sociology, at least. <laughs> sociology, if, the, if you're out there and you, you haven't gone to college yet, that's a, that's a great that's uh, the cliff little notes. tidbit. Go ahead, take sociology. It's the best. It's just like kind of like, <laughs> Things that are kind of common sense proven out. It's a great minor. If you need, if you're looking for an easy minor or even better yet, a, an easy major, do sociology. It's just like, yeah, that kind of checks out. Like, and then, and it's like, so what's the solution to that? It's like, well, that's not, that's not our responsibility. We're just uh, studying these things. We're not providing solutions to that. <laughs> kind of idea. Kind of like kind of my worldview, my approach to life too. So <laughs> I like it. I mean, you might be right. I majored in journalism, and it it got me right here. So I think I might go back and study some That's sociology. Good. You and I park our cars in the same garage. Yeah, journalism major, sociology. In fact, was so easy to upgrade from a minor to a double major. I did it, and and here I sit. So yeah, can't it's, argue with the other results. Bunch of success right here. <laughs> yeah no (laughs) i went to art school and got a degree in video production we are all thriving nice yeah well let no and that art school not exist anymore (laughs) Um, or or they designed the uh new atlanta falcons get-ups right (laughs) exactly okay we got it we got to talk about that because you brought up uniforms with hold on hold on one second will hold on i uh i need to oh you need to extend yeah, let me make sure this – it's telling me I need to upgrade. Um, let me just see what that does real quick. Sure. Should be good here. Dave, I'll let, I'll let you uh, consider the, the Browns versus Bucks versus Falcons versus Patriots versus Char. I have a feeling what's going to be number one and what's probably going to be last in your, in your uniform uh, rankings this offseason, but – let you think well, about it for a second. I, I, the thing that, you know, people always say to me about it is, but it's true, is like, I guess we all are prisoners of what we grew up watching to some degree. You know, it's kind of what people tend to like is what their eyes first caught. But the newfangled ones just don't make any sense. I mean, I, I, I don't think – maybe I'm wrong. I don't feel like 15-year-olds love that Falcons uniform, do they? I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe kids are thinking like, oh, you're just old and you don't get it. But – I like what, what matters to me with uniforms is uh, a big aspect of them is that they're complimentary of yes. whoever, uh, to as big a group. I mean, like when the Chiefs and um, Cardinals play, what are you going to do? They both wear red, and so it's going to clash on some level. But, you know, short of that, like the, 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 like those new Falcons get-ups don't look good with anybody. No matter who no. they're playing, they just don't look good. So, so is it a good uniform then? How can you – like the char- – I mean, the, um, the Raiders are great because they look good whoever they're playing. The Colts look good because no matter who they're playing, it looks good. So, No, you're absolutely right. Uh, you can, and I don't know how you, where you come down on the Broncos orange uniforms. I go back and forth. I like it, – it's really strange. You know, I think there's a lot of – Aha, there oh, we got your back. Uh, I was waiting to see. Yeah, I was. Uh, I tried to click back in a couple of times. I was saying it was the ID was invalid or something. Uh, cool. Video production. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Well, what happened was uh, I'm using the free version of Zoom, and I didn't know there's a 40 minute limit. So you're the person who's talked to us longer than anybody so far. And I upgraded while we were, we were doing it, but it. It still just kicked us off at 40. So thanks for coming back in. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. We were talking about uniforms um, and how the Falcons uniforms, their upgrades were just okay. I think the most controversial has been the the Rams' new rebranding. Um, when do those come out? They come out soon, right? Is it 
it, is it supposed to or something? Yeah. I'm I don't know, man. I, I just really hope that, I mean, the, the indication is that it's going to be that graded kind of thing. Like the number, the, the numbers are going to be like start yellow at one end and like finish white is like, as though it's a, I don't know, a sunset or a wow. wave or I don't, I don't like know. it. That ain't good. That's overthinking things. Um, the best of the bunch, just, you know, just uh, aesthetically is, I, I would think that most people would agree, is the Chargers. I think that all white looks looks pretty nice. The powder blue at home would yeah. look nice. Um, and the browns look great in, in a specific to the region kind of way. Um, Brown and brown and orange, although brown and gold from AFL Broncos days, vastly underrated. I know people like <laughs> to poo-poo those because of the vertical stripes, right. but I real I think those look cool, and the Padres actually look cool too. Yes. So maybe I, I, I'm uh, contradicting myself, but I think like brown and orange. There's something about that that's just like, oh, that's terrible color scheme in your brain. But then you think Rust Belt makes all the sense in the world like you shouldn't do that if you're the dolphins but then again cleveland shouldn't go aqua and orange like it wouldn't make any sense right. remember when the detroit pistons in the in the teal craze decided that they would go with some um turquoise and orange i was like what the hell are you doing you're the detroit pistons you're motor city bad boys now you're wearing uh aqua that ain't right um but yeah i think the browns look good the Patriots, um, as I've said before, and I'll say again now, that new one, that road uniform that they have, it doesn't match itself. Like the, they don't go together. It looks like that, uh, like a kid at Halloween told his mom he wanted to dress as a football man, and yes. she went to TJ Maxx and cobbled this together. It's like, I yeah, said- that's, like they kind of make sense, right? This is yeah, this is the best we could do at Marshalls, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, it's what, like, I wonder why NFL teams don't consult us. That w- is my question. It, it's, I, I mean, I am vain enough to say this sincerely. At this point, I am legitimately vexed that leagues don't reach out to me. I am not yeah. wrong about it. People agree with me almost always. Why, why, why? And here's what they do. They please themselves. Um, instead of pleasing the public, these uniform right. designers, because they'll go like, you have to look closely at the details. Look within the number because the watermark is, a, is an homage to, to the chief industry in our, in our yeah. region. Like, who cares? No one can see that. <laughs> like, what, what value does that have to anybody? Just make it look cool when they're out on the field with, uh, with our arch rival. Like, that's, that's what the fans – are looking for it, and they get so into the nitty-gritty, but look very closely. If you blur your eyes <laughs> yeah, at it and stare at it, you'll see what emerges is an attacking bird. I'm like I, I, That doesn't mean anything to me. I just, just make the cool, like the big numbers that I can see, all this nonsense. I don't know who it's for other than themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it either. You're bringing up how the NFL hasn't reached out to you. It doesn't make sense because you already get a paycheck from them. Um, you know, you're, right, you're on the payroll – You've pulled some strings already. You got USC and UCLA to go back to the two wow, home you. uniforms. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That's, I think that uh, number one on the resume, probably. It, I, I don't do it for the accolades, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna tell you that uh, they aren't great. Uh, that 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 it's not great to hear them. Yeah, I mean that's one of my great professional achievements was getting coaches uh, Carol and. Um, and New Heisel on the phone simultaneously back on uh, the radio in 2007, I think it was. And they agreed on that show to both wear their home jerseys and accept 15 yard personal fouls for delay a game. And uh, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> special, pretty special for me. That's great. That could have gone badly if one team uh, accepted and the other one declined. <laughs> Competitive advantage. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I remember Rick Neuheisel saying, um, he's like, he said uh, to me, like, look at, look at you, you've created detente. And I said, I don't know what that means, but thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't major in French. I took journalism. 
Then they didn't bring that. Nothing. They didn't bring that up in sociology. Yeah. No. We, no. No. We started this podcast talking about how we're anti-literacy, so that that fits right in. It's like Staunch full circle. Uh, is there anything you want to promote while you're here? Um, you know what I would promote just because it. Uh, well, two things. One, we have um, coming up on Friday. Um, we are um, they're on NFL. It's NFL.com slash what if there's going to be a new series live action. If you've ever seen the NFL, sure. um, the, uh, the butterfly effect for pro football, we shot it with, uh, with a, with a bunch of people and we break down some of these seminal events. Broncos fans will be interested because we redo the 2011 draft. Assuming oh. Andrew Luck comes out, he goes to Carolina, which means cam goes to to Denver back in 2011 so that's fun and uh, check out Dave's of Thunder the uh the comedy podcast that I'm doing awesome we will definitely link to that um I'll promote it for the next two weeks on my show just out of good faith too like that's the extra mile we go here because we we all know that you came on to get a hold of our audience right (laughs) right you need us more than we need you. And and how much did did uh, Adam Rank influence your your opinion here? I think he's going to come on next week. Oh, he's coming on next week? No, I no, I haven't. Uh, no, I mean we're all in sequestration. So no, I'm on my I'm my own man. I I, I awesome. made this decision uh, willingly and uh, and all on my own. That's good. We we actually have to have every guest say that at the end of the podcast that they came on willingly. <laughs> I was not coerced legally yeah. or otherwise for, for legal reasons. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to say this to leave you this. Um, out of the four guests that we've had, you're definitely on the Mount Rushmore. You're one of those four. <laughs> you're up there oh, wait, with wait, Adam, man, Adam Rank, Jake Plummer, Brandon McManus, and now Dave Damashek. The Mount Holy Rushmore. What a, what a Mount Rushmore that is. What, yeah. a, what a range of, uh, of the way human beings can look. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, you it's a, a range of, of white Bearded men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Jake the <laughs> Snake, much. wow. Powerhouse. That's a, I'm honored to share the space with him. Yeah. He's, he's I, a I think you cool would say guy. the same. Everybody says that, yeah. I, I met him once a while ago, but yeah, everybody says how, uh, how cool and easygoing he is, yeah. yeah. You don't get a name like the Snake and not be cool. True. I Although I do remember him saying when he was at Arizona State that – um, the snake was already taken. I admire him for not just saying like, uh, well, the kids forget the original snake, so I can just take it. Um, he said, I'm a skinny guy. Shouldn't I be Jake the Rake? And I thought that was a great idea. Jake the Rake would have been funny. a cool nickname, yeah. I just picture I picture Sideshow Bob ste- stepping on the, uh, the Rake the over and over executively, again. and that, I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I couldn't reconcile. Very good. Top five. Talk about a Mount Rushmore. Top, yeah. uh, Mount Rushmore Simpsons episode right there. And they wrote that's they wrote that whole bit just because they needed to take up an extra like 30 seconds of airtime. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. That was the, the, the whole reason they extended that for so long. No way. That's hysterical. I love that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate Certainly. it. Certainly. Good times, fellas. Uh, best wishes to you, and uh, hopefully we get football back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think exactly. we all agree. I think we all agree. Stay safe, man. You too. Be well, guys. Officially, um, pretty good interview. Dave talked to us for a long time. I had a technical glitch that kicked us all off the meeting, and I had to, to rejoin. Um, I thought you did a good job, Will, because I was fucking with that technical stuff and trying to – you know, figure that out. Uh, I thought you carried the so podcast for, when I was here. down. Um, is, is this, um, did we already do the interview uh, based yeah. on where we're seeing yep. this yep. Uh, yep. intro and or outro? This is an outro, we'll call it. Okay. All right. That works. Um, yeah, a little, a little post-mortem. So um, you said uh, you were nervous, nervous for that one. Yeah, no, we've had uh, an, a Super Bowl champion on the show. We've had uh, a Pro Bowl quarterback on the show. I've had Adam Rank on the show. It's, man, I've been listening to Damashek since I was like 16. I got nice. in early on the uh, Dave, Dave Damashek football program, and I dare to say, like, uh, I don't know if I'd be if I'd be doing football writing like this, doing football comedy, without uh, 
some of the, you know, Damashek catalog going back to early radio days. I, like I sent you the Joe Namath fake interview. Right. A couple of days ago. Um, he kind of like, I know that like you weren't um, super aware of him when you started, but he kind of created like this football comedy genre, you know, like a good five years before. No, I created it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well. Let's get something straight. Well, you froze. Damn it. There oh. we go. God damn. We're just having one of those days. It's still recording. Jesus. Uh, you froze. Yeah, you froze too. So. Okay. Uh, okay, Will has unfrozen. Ah, look at this segue. And you were just talking about how you wish uh, Dave had been your biological father and was your biggest inspiration. Uh, no offense to your dad, who I know watches all of our stuff. Good dad, but you're trading him for Dave. Is what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an indictment of my own father. No. Um, no, I mean, I was just saying, like, Dave, uh, he was – I think he's a very – he's a pioneer of the sports comedy genre. And we've got a lot of sports comedy now. Uh, it's, it's kind of like it's become its own industry, um, obviously, the two of us. Uh, I think we're I think we're a couple of pioneers as well. Yeah, but uh, that's right. Yeah. We were saying I invented sports yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but I was I think, saying I that Dave was there early. Dave was yeah. there very early um, when sports were not funny; they were only serious. And he added a little bit of levity to the subject. And I think yeah, uh, I forgot to ask him the one question I was excited about because he's written for Jimmy Kimmel for the yes. Man Show. And for BattleBots, and I wanted Battle to ask seven, him yeah. what it was like writing for robots. I thought that was going to be a good joke. And maybe now that I hear myself say it out loud, I am glad that I did not ask him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to uh, ask him what it was like writing for robots, and when does he think they will take over the world? There's a lot of stuff that is going to hit the cutting room floor. Uh, we just have to accept that. God, um, I need somebody to filter me. I mean, that's what I'm here for. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we laid out the interview. Um, and then we didn't touch on hardly any of it. The bit, Yeah, the big, like, the big spelling point of this interview is to talk about Cam Newton and Drew Locke. And I think people, like, are probably expecting, like, first take style yelling at each other. Stephen A and Skip, shots across the bow. You, me, uh, two-on-one versus Damashek. He's not leaving without changing his mind. And we, we pretty much, like, he was a little too reasonable. He's, he was very rational about it, didn't stir the pot very much. Um, and uh, you know what? Th that's okay. I don't think we uh, changed our minds at all. <laughs> I don't think uh, either of us are in favor of Cam Newton coming to Denver, nor do we think it is. Um, no. I mean, look, like I said, if, this, if the Broncos hadn't drafted Drew Locke, it would have been a no-brainer, and it would have been the next veteran guy LA brings in. You'd have been head heavily criticized for it, but I would have been on. I would have been on that move, um, but it just it doesn't make sense for the Broncos right now, especially because I think they're probably still paying Joe Flacco and Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, I think don't think we're paying Case. I hope not. I, hope I think not. we're out of the Case Keenum sure. deal by now. Um, but I yeah. did. I did. I think we made a real connection in our shared. Um, hopes of Tom Brady's legacy being uh, dethroned finally by Bill Belichick. I think that's what we're all rooting for. Yeah, I mean, that's how you – yes, uh, as good a way to bond with anyone. Um, it, you know, if we can – that's how we create our way onto ESPN, the NFL Network, HBO, wherever we're headed. Right. By the way, only a matter of time. Really. Probably HBO. Probably HBO. Um, yeah. Not to break any news. But not to break any news. Probably. Show will premiere next week. Yeah. <laughs> right after Sex in the City. Hey, so production shut down everywhere, but you guys still doing your show without a hiccup. So we're going to put you on next week. HBO. Cool? Yes. That's, we... how, the, that's how that went. Yeah, <laughs> we're so impressed uh, by the low level of production that you've put into your show in a world without 
uh, a pandemic that now that there is, and you've come out completely unscathed, we're going to reward you with uh, the 4.30 a.m. time slot on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't care. As long as they're paying us seven <laughs> figures each. And believe me, it's not on it, like regular HBO. It's like HBO, uh, like... Latina. Latina. Latino. Yes. Latin, wh- whatever the one is. And they and they dub our show in Spanish for some reason. They convert with, it uh, to Spanish and yeah. they change the meaning of everything we say. Yeah, it's English subtitles, but they don't quite translate. Um, no, that's yeah, that's what we have to look forward to. We talk about soccer. Yeah, uh, yeah, El Juego Bonito mm. is the new subject, and somehow, yeah, we work Not for HBO now, but somehow we make uh, less money. <laughs> That's how it worked out. Yeah, that's so the, that's the deals we negotiated for ourselves because, like, we're yeah. like, um, you know, we're like Lamar Jackson, Russell King. Like, we don't, we don't need an agent. No, we're comfortable doing that stuff all by ourselves. And Laramie, Laramie Tunsley just hundreds did of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can blame him. I'm begging for people to take a percentage of my money. Oh, if I was Laramie Tunsil. I wouldn't trust anyone uh, with <laughs> like uh, intimate financial. Yeah, he's got to have some... someone close to him leak that uh, gas mask. Video. Yeah, he's got to have some trust issues for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the biggest day of his life. He's set to go number one uh, overall in the 2016, maybe like top three at that. He's going to be. Yeah, he was going to go very high. He's going to go very high, and then someone you know, leaks a video where he's got like this world war one gas mask on sucking weed in. Uh, and I'm, you know, that almost feels like that was 2016, but it almost feels ancient to like drop a player's draft stock, like 10 picks because he's done weed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like say, um, it's unfair. Let's say that happened to like chase young. Like if Chase, like a video of Chase Young smoking weed surfaced out of a gas mask, draft, out That's of a gas what, mask, out of like, out of whatever, really. Do you think the gas mask made it worse? The gas mask was a weird look. Yeah, it was creepy. It was it's scary. It was very scary. Yeah. To me, that made him look more intimidating. Like, I would I maybe want to take him a little bit higher. I think a custom gas mask face mask. Ooh. for next season once the helmet rules get relaxed yeah. i would like to see a, a gas mask style face mask custom face mask yeah we're or even like before the xfl started they had the the viper the viper mask that was like snake eyes it looked like a, a snake head uh but then they didn't let the players wear those but i think like they should develop that even further, and if Tunzel could have a gas mask sort of reflective visor over it, that would be badass. Yeah, I mean, it would probably fog up, and he wouldn't be able to see. Um, you know, it, if you're a lineman, you're just walking. You're not doing anything. You're yeah, I mean, like what's if, in if front it's a run you. play, you just kind of like get low and just go forward. They, yeah, people talk about the complexities of playing the offensive line. It's all it a may, lie. no, that's it's all a lie. That's to make themselves feel better. Yeah. There's really nothing to it. You know? That's like me talking about the complexities of uh, hosting a football podcast once a week where we do almost no yeah. work to prep and <laughs> we just wing it. And That's the only thing that gets us to prep is like a guest. <laughs> yeah. We do more. We only time we prep is if somebody's coming on. I, w- I thought I almost got to work on it last night. I'm going to be honest. Well, it was like um, 10 o'clock. And I had had a couple white claws because I'm I'm allowed outside the house now. And so the first thing I did was to go pick up alcohol. Um, and I was like, you know, what? I might get started on some questions for Dave Damashek. It's you know, it's, he's from the NFL Network. Um, you know, we aspire to have a position like his. It would make sense to be prepared. And then I had one more white claw, and I watched um, before sunrise, and then fell asleep on my couch. So. But I did get up at like eight and started, you know. How many times have you watched that movie recently? Once. <laughs> you keep mentioning it. 
Do I? Or maybe I'm confusing you with the guy in the show Little Fires Everywhere. I th- I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't wow. watched it in a couple years. Yeah, it was it. We watched that show. Uh, not really worth watching, by the way, but um, just the mail. Um, but he, it, it like, is set in the late 90s, and uh, one wow. of the teenage kids references that movie like three or four times and i guess you're confusing me with teenagers a teenage fictional character yeah who played in a a show on hulu with reese witherspoon and uh kerry washington well i mean now that you say it like i'm kind of interested in the show because that's a it's a really good movie sunrise before sunrise after sunset yeah, before sunrise, it goes before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. Okay, right. Yeah. Ethan, Ethan Hawke, right? Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, um, this is a football podcast, by the way. It's a football podcast. That show... Football podcast. The show starts out good and then just gets not great. Uh, White Claw. want to clear Claw. this up here. I've seen not, a lot of negative sort of like anti-white claw anti-seltzer crowd out there I, f- I thought it had been universally adapted as like an acceptable drink for men for lately guys, yeah. lately there's been some macho dudes out there claiming it's not a, a manly thing to drink uh which is always like the dumbest thing i've ever seen um, i'm gonna be honest like the first time someone handed me a white claw was probably a little over a year ago <clears throat> when they were first really rising to prominence I was a little hesitant. I was like, mm, I, I, I was like, you know, there weren't a ton of people around, so I felt safe to experiment. Uh, I cracked it open. And I took a sip. I was like, wow, this is, this changes everything. And I got, see, I got a case of the white claw and I also got a case of the new Corona seltzer. Oh, just to give it a try. And I've sampled, you know, I've gone through, I haven't done the Bud Light yet, but I've obviously done white claw. I've done Truly, the Bon and Viv. I've even done Henry's, which I think is the Rite Aid brand, um, which their selling point is it's only 88 calories as opposed to like the 100 and White Claw or the 90. But, you know, like Corona Seltzer, it's 90 calories as opposed to 10. Those 10 calories make a huge difference in taste. It's, a, it's truly a tipping point. Yeah, the White Claws were a little sweeter. I was bouncing between Truly and White Claw, and then I just I stopped both. Truly just tastes like a vodka soda if you get, like, the lime flavor. Yeah, I think I liked that about it. Mm, But I got off of them just naturally, not because for any Mm. reason. I gave up uh, beer, like, three weeks ago. Nice. And so now I have to. uh, I don't know. I don't know. if I, I feel healthier. I feel better. I'm sleeping better. I look better. Really everything, but I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, essentially why I switched to just drinking whiskey, at the time it was whiskey or vodka, was uh, dietary reasons. Yeah. Like this will, uh, you know, I'm I'm exercising, I want to be a little, I don't want to put unnecessary sugar in my body, uh, even though alcohol turns to sugar, but I'm just going to drink whiskey or vodka, that's my new diet. (laughs) That's like the most healthy way, like, uh, like the, the, you know, the the only drink that could be considered even like remotely close to healthy is like vodka and water yeah i don't even know if it's soda water because like tonic has sugar in it yeah you don't drink tonic water enough i'll do vodka soda been slamming topo chicos those are so good i don't know what those are you got to get a topo chico it's just carbonated water but it's from mexico and it's oh oh yeah we've talked about this before okay that's a good time to end the podcast (laughs) i think i think we nailed it (laughs) I think we nailed it. Football um, podcast. Again, make sure to check out Daves of Thunder, uh, the podcast that is already way, way better than ours. Because I, well, I listen to Daves of Thunder, so I, I want to give like a personal testimony. Yeah. It was a very funny podcast. And you could ask maybe like, you know, if you're wondering like what kind of podcast is that, um, there's no answer. It's not a podcast about anything. It's a podcast where they like, they talk about the fact that they're on a podcast pretty much 
and just bring up stuff that happened on the podcast like the week before. Um, <laughs> the Seinfeld of podcasts. Basically, it's the Seinfeld of podcasts. That's like really the best way to put it. And then uh, the Dave Damashek football program, I, I think if you like the way we approach football, uh, then you'll probably enjoy the, the DDFP as well. So, and, and only only people who've made it this far really like how we approach football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it would have been wise to plug <laughs> plug it earlier, but uh, yeah, well, watch. I'm going to do this. Uh oh. Hey, everybody! Welcome to That's Good Sports. We have special guests today.